Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us about the great preparer that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's some highlights from yesterday's message. We are so bombarded with the lie of evolution. It's therapeutic for us this morning to say what he said together. I am a Christian and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the sea and the dry land. God prepared the earth for man by doing all this. And so he made the grass, he put the plants on the earth for man, and the fruit trees he put on the earth for man. Preparation, preparation, preparation. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday messages in Genesis. And in verse 14, now he goes back to do what he had started earlier with the light, and he creates, and that he had already created the the light in verse 3. Now he's going back in verses 14 through 16, and he he makes uh, uh, more lights, and he makes a greater light, which is called what? The sun. And he makes a lesser light, which is called the moon. And he made the stars also. So he was preparing the earth for man when he made those lights. And he put those lights up in the sky as part of the preparation of the earth for man. And there are six purposes which are listed here for these lights that he put up there. What's the first one in verse 14? Yeah, he would divide the day from the light. So why is that important? Well, so man could have a time to, to work and a time to rest. Unless you work the third shift. It's a big deal to be able to have that. I was one time in the northern part of Finland in the summertime. It never got dark. It was terrible. You had to pull these shades down in a hotel. And it was dark. It was a very weird problem. But anyway, the second reason he, he did that, what's the second re- purpose? What does it say? Signs, otot. To communicate to man for special communications that God wanted to have with man. Special communications. What did they say, these special communications? What did they say when the wise men came from the east in in Matthew 2? They said what? They said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Special sign from the star. And so they came, they communicated special communication from God. In Luke 21, 25, it says, and there's going to be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations, perplexity, seas, waves. So, but God was going to make special communication to man of the tribulation, the terrible time from the signs and the sun and the moon and the stars. It says in Mark 13, 24, in those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And what happened? What was the great sign? Because it's just, we're at Easter now, but a couple days before on Good Friday, what did God do as a sign in the sky? He made the sun go dark. He made the sun go dark so he could communicate to man. This is the, this is the sacrifice. This is the death of the sacrifice. The sun will be blotted out at this time from giving her light. That was a sign that he did. And in Acts 2, 19-21, where it's really quoting from Joel, and it's, he says, I will show wonders in heaven above, the signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor, the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. 
And then he says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So those signs are also meant so that God can say, this is serious, this is the time, now is your day. Call on the name of the Lord to be saved. That's also part of it. And he would use those lights in the sky, in other words, to show man he's in real trouble. And that he promised that in that time, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Third purpose, seasons, seasons, moed. This is the word for holidays or celebrations. By the, we just had one here in the, in the breaking of the bread. That was a celebration. That was a holy time. It was, and by those lights that God prepared and put for man on the earth here, so he, man could know when to observe the holidays or the special times to worship God. We just had one last week. Passover, Good Friday, the fulfillment of Passover, the holiday we're celebrating today, Resurrection Day, otherwise known as Easter, where we remember and worship the Lord Jesus Christ, that he rose from the dead, right? And how do we know that? Because we have, the sea, we have how God set it up so we can know every year when we're supposed to celebrate that. Other holidays, five holidays. One was Passover, right? What's another one? Rosh Hashanah, Shavuot, Yom Kippur. Sukkot, okay? So all of those, those five holidays, God says, very, very important in your lives that you continue to celebrate those holidays, that you you have your memory jog, this do in remembrance of me, so that you'll know how to do that. I'm going to give you a system so that you'll track when you should do that. He knew, God knew, when he created man, that he was going to create man with a tremendous capacity for God, a tremendous need to worship God. A tremendous thirst and hunger for God. And he also knew that at the same time, if man turned away from God, that he would be left with a tremendous emptiness without God, a tremendous big hole in the heart, a tremendous hunger, a tremendous thirst. So he prepared the earth for man so that he could have this system to keep track of the time so that he would know when to worship God on these special holidays. Speaking of days to celebrate what God did, we meet together. We're here together in this teaching class and, and, and the preaching time to follow. And what are we doing on this day? We're learning more about the Lord Jesus as the light of the world, right? We're learning more and more about him. Why don't we do this on the Sabbath, uh, yesterday, Saturday? Why don't we do this on the Saturday? As some say we should. Well, one reason is because today, because of Easter, because this is the day the Lord rose from the dead. So we celebrate that fact when we meet on the first day of the week. You all know this is the first day of the week, right? Monday's not the first day of the week. Today's the first day of the week, right? You may go to work on Monday, but that doesn't make it the first day of the week. All right. But another reason we meet in church on uh, today to learn about the Lord, because when we meet here, like we said, we are celebrating him as the light of the world. What day of the week is it today? First day. What day of the week did God create the light? First day. So when we meet on the first day and learn about him as the light of the world, we are celebrating the fact that God created light on the first day. Who is the light? The Lord Jesus Christ. So that's another reason why we meet on Sunday. Now, uh, fourth purpose for creating uh, these lights in the skies in verse 14. We can keep track of the days. In 24 hours, what, what happens in 24 hours? The earth makes a full rotation, right? Around itself. If you want to know what time it is, 
there weren't any watches or cell phones at that day. So (laughs) I was amazed when when we started our business in, in Ethiopia and our operation there, and we worked with the tribe, and they don't have any electricity, they don't have any watches, they don't have any clocks. And we told them, you have to show up at 8 o'clock sharp, we told them. (laughs) And you have to work till 5 p.m. every day. We told them, you know, and they didn't have any watches. And we, and we, and we started, we started you know, with 13 employees, and, we, and we, we set them up with a four-tier pay system. They said, now you get this much money <laughs> if you just come. <laughs> Anytime, just show up. You know? <laughs> and then you get more money if you come at 8 o'clock. And then we told them, we said, and you get even more money if you stay till 5 and then we tell them, and you get more money if you come back the next day. <laughs> well, they all managed to figure out how to get the highest pay. And they all showed up at 8 o'clock, and we're amazed. How do they do that? They know how to read the sun. They know how to read time by the sun. They just, they know it. And that's how it is. That's how it was. Now, fifth purpose in verse 14. Years, years. God prepared, as we've already mentioned, God prepared for man the earth so that he could have a system or a way to track which month it is so he could have these holidays. What happens in a year? The the earth goes around the sun in 365.25. Forget about the .25. 365 days it's going around the sun. That's what he does. And that's how he set it up. Makes a full rotation. In, In verse 15 and 17, he twice states the last purpose for the lights, which was what? To give light, to give light on the earth. He prepared the earth for man by making the earth to always have light on it. And so that finished God's fourth day. Now, in verse 20, God prepared the earth for man by creating what for man? Little tiny creatures in the water. And and, and, and it says, and let them swarm, swarm a swarm. Like krill, like plankton. And algae, I guess. It was giant whales, huge giant whales live on. The largest animals on earth live on microscopic organs, microscopic animals. It's amazing. And they travel great distances for this. For this there. And, and then and he prepared, prepared for man to have a food supply for the whales and for the fish who, who ate some of the, the, and the fish and the birds that ate some of the fish. And, he, and that's the way he set it all up. And, and he prepared the earth for man by giving this water a life and a charge that he gave to the life to just swarm a swarm, become just full of life. And the ocean is in the sea. They're full of life. I'm going to give you a verse here. You can look at it later. Psalm 107, verse 23 through 24. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. It's another thing God did. He set up so we could have commerce and business on the sea. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. That's what, so, so in other words, he prepared all this for man and he said, if you ever go out there, and I don't like to go out there, I get seasick, but anyway, if you ever go out there on these fishing places and things like that, you see great fishes. I prefer to see them in Vons, but anyway. <laughs> now that was God's fifth day. That's what he did on the fifth day. Now, next in verse 24, what did God do for man to prepare the earth for man? Animals. He made animals, right? He made animals. He made cattle and creepers, little creepers. 
and wild bees. All these things God did to prepare the earth for man, to prepare the earth for man. And when God prepared the earth for man by doing all these things, there's a characteristic of God that's seen in, when we see him here in this work. And, and turn, if this is important, to Psalm 136. Turn to Psalm 136, because what he did here is described in Psalm 136 in a marvelous way that David does, because he guides us with, with, with this wonderful psalm in how we are to look at God's creation. And he starts off by just saying, Clear the slate, clear the table. There's one response and one response only that you must have when you look at the creation. And what is it in verse 1, Psalm 136, 1? Give thanks. Oh, he says, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And he says, now there's one characteristic of God that you're going to see over and over and over again in the creation. And what is that characteristic? Mercy. Mercy of God, he says. There's the mercy of God here. Look at it, he says. In another time, David says, oh, I can't stand any longer. Oh, that men would, would give thanks. Anyways, here he says, oh, give thanks. He says, give thanks unto the God of gods, his mercy endures forever. Look at verse 4. To him alone who doeth wondrous things, his mercy endureth forever. To him by wisdom, verse 5, made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. He stretched out the earth above the waters. 6, verse, mercy endureth forever. Verse 7, he made great lights, his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, his mercy endureth forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night, his mercy endureth forever. His mercy is mercy is mercy. That's the characteristic that you see about God. Turn to Psalm 36 to keep that thought in your mind about the mercy of God. There's another characteristic that you see, and it's, it's, it starts off, it's referenced here in Psalm 36, verse 5. Psalm 36, 5. Through nine. Thy mercy, O Lord, it's in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches under the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains, thy judgments are a great deep, O Lord. Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy what? Loving kindness, thy chesed. Thy loving kindness, thy chesed, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust in the shadow of wings. Now, I want you to follow the thought pattern here. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the goodness, with the fatness of thy house. Thou shalt make them drink of the pleasures, the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of what? Life. Mercy. Loving kindness. Life. Tom, you talked today about the loving kindness of mercy and God. Uh, explain to our listeners, what is the difference between mercy and grace? Well, they have a commonality, and that is not deserved. Not deserved. We deserve the judgment of God. We deserve hell. And mercy is when we do not receive what we deserve. But God is so great that he doesn't just say, all right, I won't send you to hell, but just go in the corner and keep quiet. He doesn't do that. He's such a good God that when we repent and turn to him, he rejoices and he gives us so much heaven and so many gifts that we don't deserve. That's grace. Mercy is not getting what we deserve, hell. Grace is getting what we don't deserve, heaven. 
That's God. God is full of mercy and grace. Wonderful verse in Psalm 85.10. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. At the cross, the mercy of God and the law of God that condemned us, the truth of God, they finally met together and there was reconciliation because between them both, was the death of the innocent one, the Lord Jesus Christ. At the cross, the righteousness of God, which called for our condemnation, and the peace of God, they kissed each other because the righteousness of God was satisfied in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It happened at the cross. It says in Isaiah thirty-two seventeen, the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Again, all because of what happened at the cross. We have the mercy flowing from the cross. We have the grace of God flowing from the cross. Everything happens because of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tom, you also mentioned today about holidays, and sometimes there's controversy, as maybe one person thinks that a holiday should be celebrated in a specific way, and sometimes another person thinks it should be celebrated in, on another specific day or way. What does the Bible say about holidays? You know, when the Bible goes to emphasize the importance of holidays, it's not so much that it has to be done this way. The real core and holidays is one word, remembrance. We find in Joshua chapter 4, verses 2 through 7, a time when Joshua was crossing over the, the Jordan River that God had dried up, and he said, you know, this is something that has to be remembered. This must be remembered. So what he did is that he called out 12 men, one from each uh, tribe, and he said to them, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood, 12 stones. And then he said, you'll carry them over with you, leave them in the lodging place where you shall dwell this night. And Joshua called the 12 men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, pass over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the midst of Jordan and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulders. And so they did that. And then he said that this may be a sign. That's what he said a sign among you. Why, he says, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off And these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. That's the whole issue with holidays, a memorial. Why do we meet together as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ on Sunday? Because we remember him on that day. And we remember all the wonderful things that God God has done for us and who he is on that day. When there's the teaching, when there's the preaching, why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Why do we break bread? Why do we have communion? He said, this do in remembrance of me to show forth the death of the Lord till he come. It's all about remembrance. And that's the point of the holidays. Remember, remember, remember. Tom, you also mentioned today about the stars being as signs. Now, I've spoken to a number of Jewish people who 
look for signs in their dreams, in their life, and in numbers. Does the Bible want us to really look for signs? Yeah, you and me both. We've spoken to many people, and they're looking for signs, and they're saying, oh, uh, the, I, I, this psalm was the date that I, I met my girlfriend, the days as a correspondence, the month and the date, and oh, that's so significant, and and this sign and that sign, and well, you know, God does give signs, so we can't write them all off. But but your question is really good when you say, what does the Bible say? Are we supposed to orient ourselves for signs? Do we get up in the morning and we say, where's my first sign? Where's my second sign? God did give a sign to Gideon. Gideon said, you want me to go and defeat all these Midianites? This is a really big job. It's very dangerous. You know, I'm sorry, God, please. I know this is a weakness on my part, but could you please? I'll put this piece of fleece out. You make the fleece all wet. You make the ground dry. Is it all right? Lord, and then he did it. He said, Lord, I'm really sorry to ask for a second sign the next night. You make the whole ground dry. You make uh, you make the, the fleece dry. You make the whole ground wet. And he did it. So we're not going to say that God does not give signs, but we're going to ask this question. Is that God's steady diet that he wants for us? Is that the diet that God wants for us in our lives, that we live by signs, that we, that we are constantly saying to God, God, give me a sign. I need a sign. You know, that's really not what God wants. And it's portrayed to us in an account in John chapter 20, verse 25 through 29, a very interesting account about Thomas, my namesake. It says here, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas, he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You see what Thomas was saying? He was saying, unless I see the sign, the sign, the sign, the sign, the sign, I won't believe. And then it says, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, and here's the important part, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. So we get back to the question. Is signs the is signs the constant diet that God wants for us to live by as believers? No. See, Thomas said, unless I see, I won't believe. That's the language of unbelief. That's what his enemies said. Come down from the cross that we may see and believe, and God does not take the witness stand and defend himself and put forth a magic show or signs in order to convince people God wants people to have faith in him, 
to put confidence in him and to say, Lord, you don't have to do these signs for me. I believe simply because you said so in your word. And when the Lord Jesus Christ had said to Thomas, Thomas, along with everybody else, I'm coming back. I'll be resurrected from the dead. And he said that. That should have been all that Thomas needed to believe when the other disciples came and said, we have seen the Lord. Thomas should have said, of course, because he said he was coming back. But instead, he took the position of unbelief and said, unless I see a sign, I won't believe. Well, he saw the sign, but he also got a rebuke with it. And the rebuke was, Thomas, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Let's be those who will not have seen with signs and yet have believed and please the Lord. Because to be faithless is to seek a sign. To be believing is to say, it's okay, Lord. You don't have to show me signs. Your word is enough for me. Thank you for joining us today. Join us again tomorrow as we finish our Monday through Wednesday message series in Genesis. Would you like to contact Tom Cantor? You can do so by sending an email to tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries on Facebook and receive a daily devotional verse from Tom Cantor. We'd also like to hear more about what you like about Friendship with God. So you can call us or contact us today at 1-800-247-3051. You can also contact us to get resources to help reach lost Jewish people. So whether it's a friend or coworker, neighbor, or family member, call us today at 1-800-247-3051, and we can help you to reach them with the gospel by sending them a Tom Cantor DVD testimony and booklet. So please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening, and join us again tomorrow at this same time.